From up in the nosebleeds to down to the 50-yard line, wherever you watch the game, this is the place to sound off. Sports Talk with Jock on 770 CHQR. Hey, Coach, how are you tonight? I'm good. How's it going over there? Hey, it's it's good. It's uh, You know, the Stampeders are in first place. The Stampeders are on a four-game winning streak. It was a crazy weekend in the Canadian Football League. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> uh, it did work, work for us. Uh, we had to do our part first and then kind of see what else happened. But ultimately, yeah, it feels good to, you know, we're there. We got uh, obviously two against the peg and one against Sass with kind of sandwiched between BC and Montreal, but uh, we got to take care of the, the one game first and then hopefully uh, make some hay with those middle opponents. Yeah, without a doubt. Now, uh, you, you probably know this already. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Vernon Adams was suspended for, for one game today by Commissioner Randy Ambrose. You saw the play, Coach. Uh, uh, do you want to comment on it or not? Saw the play. I mean, uh, yeah, I uh, I probably get, um, you know, I, I would rather it have been honestly... Uh, uh, implied a penalty in the game. Like if you're going to throw a guy out, that's what makes that that game more, I guess, viable. If he does it against Winnipeg, you know, for me, I think if you're going to, if you think it's a dangerous play and a reckless play, throw him out of that game. Don't wait for another game for another opponent to get the advantage. I've I've felt that all along. Sometimes, obviously, things can happen. You're not sure what happened, and, and uh, people can get suspended. But if if you see a reckless and dangerous play. Um, and you think it warrants a suspension, you probably should throw him out of that game. So, you know, I mean, we had one with Kyrie Zaber a few years ago where, to me, it was an easy call. He totally speared Tavares Daniels uh, vertically in the head. Throw him out of the game. That's what I like. So, um, But uh, obviously I think the league thought it was at least warranted a one-game suspension. We'll see what happens. I mean, whether he appeals or not, who knows? Uh, I guess we'll have to uh, wait and see. Yeah, true enough. Um, the the one thing I'll say about this Montreal team, they're for real, coach. And I, I know you got uh, you know an extra week to prepare for them. Uh, they, they came back in your building and did a number on you guys in overtime, and and they did it again to Winnipeg, doing the Stampeders a little bit of a favor this time. Yeah, I mean the CFL. That's I think what makes it so great is you really can't sit back and just protect the lead. You can't. Uh, clock's not in your favor. Offenses have a lot of the rules are in their favor. I mean, even us against Toronto, we got a little dicey because you just you know you got to keep making plays and that was an exciting game to watch obviously surprising that you know with 30 seconds left and getting it that deep that they were allowed to you know have that corner out no one covered it that was a huge play and you know give montreal credit though they keep fighting and uh they feel they've got something there so it's our job to go there and make sure uh, we play well and and uh, try to get a win. Yeah, true enough. Uh, let's go back to Friday night because uh, your post-game interview with Mark Steven here on these airwaves, uh, you, you had a funny line. You said we ran out of dudes, and, and, and I tell you what, you did have a lot of injuries in that game, and you were, you were down to the bare bones of your, of your roster. Uh, uh, before we go anywhere, can you just give us an update on any of those guys that were hurt? And I guess it starts with Kadeem Carey. Yeah, I think Kadeem's uh, more likely going to be put on. Well, I think he's probably done for the year. Which, uh, he broke his arm, mm. uh, so that that's a that's a tough, tough injury. He had surgery yesterday. I don't know if he. I haven't had a chance to see him, but um, you know, you know, you never know how people heal, but that's pretty substantial for uh, for running back. Um, and we had a couple others too, but nobody to the to the point that uh, of Kadeem. Um, we're hoping to get some guys back. You know, we basically. Marquise, Ambles, Reggie, uh, Corey Greenwood, 
we really feel like if we can get Eric Mezzalera back, Rob Robertson Daniel, we got some guys I think kind of close, but uh, we really need some of those guys back for us to to feel like we can put our best lineup on the field. But in this game, with the receiving core, they got beat up so much because obviously uh, we were light anyway, and then we lost Josh Huff there, uh, a suspected uh, concussion. And obviously, Kademan got hurt on as well, so we felt like we were a little bit uh, shorthanded anyway. So the guys stepped up, and we made enough plays. I felt like there's more to be made. I watched the tape, and there were some things that if we could have uh, got the ball to different players or caught the ball better, I think probably could have put that out of reach much sooner. Even that first drive of the third quarter was so frustrating. We had a great drive and throw a pick in the end zone. Felt like we were just kind of letting them hang around, and guess what they did, and, and made it interesting. Yeah, true enough. You know, it, that's too bad about Kadeem Carey. And wow, just another man goes down. And uh, it's not something that, uh, well, it's something you guys have had to deal with all season long. I guess the nice thing is, Coach, you, you got Don Jackson waiting in the wings and, uh, you know, just waiting for another opportunity to get back into the lineup. And now's his opportunity. Yeah, I mean, he did a good job against Montreal. We, you know, we, we did, yeah, we felt Kadeem was playing. They're giving us the best chance to win at that position. He's been a nice find for us. Uh, hard worker. He'll, he'll be a great team, maybe. Yeah, Donnie's got to be ready to go now, and and then we got to figure out how we're going to mix and match our ratio. We've been we've been kind of letting the Canadian alignment handle it in, up up front right now, and they're doing a pretty fair job. Um, UW's played out a tackle, and Derek moved over to right tackle. I thought we protected the quarterback fairly well. Uh, we're still working on our run game, but uh, ultimately we we are going to have to mix and match our ratio a little bit. Uh, Corey Greenwood's injury was big for that because we really don't have but we would consider uh, maybe a full-time Mike linebacker in the building. So Wynton McManus moved over and played excellent, though. He really played well, and that was good to see. Well, defensively, you know, obviously the front four, they, they put lots of pressure on, what, five quarterback sacks in that game, and, you know, they, they all seem to step up as well. <clears throat> yeah, Wiggle, I thought Wiggle and Mike Rose, our interior was outstanding. I mean, the push they were providing on those guys. and. You know, um, you know, certain quarterbacks like to escape the pocket, others don't. You know, we felt obviously we could get in their face and get uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson kind of off his spot. I think that'd be best. And James Franklin came in; he moved around better, so we probably could have altered our attack a little bit more of uh, outside in, keeping him maybe in that in that little cocoon there uh, would have helped. But uh, they played well. I thought our D line was the to me the best group uh, of all the groups in the game and. And that's good to see because we've always been saying we're we're looking, we're looking. Well, the guys that are playing are showing up, so that's a good sign for us. You played a lot of football in a short period of time, you know, and, and schedule makers didn't really do the Stampeders a lot of favors. But now it gets, you know, a little bit better, although it's a tough schedule to end the season. Uh, are, are you a little happier the way this is going to happen now from a scheduling perspective? Well, I mean, I didn't know this, but I guess I guess Winnipeg never even had a five-day week this year. Uh, those are the tough ones at the five-day weeks. We had three. We had the most in the league. Uh, but we did well with them. We we adjusted. We knew they were coming. Our staff prepared. We, we did tons of work, like pre-scout type of work, before we were going into these five-day weeks. Um, ultimately, yeah, uh, I know what's coming. Uh, you never know who's going to be the top of the league. But to, as I've said many, many times, anybody can beat anybody, so you got to show up. Um, you know, like BC's playing great football right now, and people were so a month ago had them buried. So you just never know on your schedule. But you, what you don't love is those five-day weeks. You can deal with six. You can deal with eight. Um, but all football players would, uh, would appreciate seven-day weeks. 
we don't have any of those the rest of the, of the year, Jock. We go six eight six eight six. So just a weird a weird quirk in our schedule, but uh, we'll take it as they come and uh, look forward to the challenge. Eight is obviously better than six, but uh, yeah, I do get it. It's uh, it, it's one of those things you have to adjust to and uh, yeah. and go from there. But uh, your your team, as you say, you've done a very good job with it. Yeah, and you know, even like eight's great. You get a couple an extra day off for injuries and all that. But sometimes the guys, if you bring them back a day early, they almost feel like they're out of their routine, their schedule. So I've been pretty consistent, and I I really feel like I give them the time off, and just try to work it as if it's a seven day week, meaning that. We have three good hard days of practice. Uh, you go into day four, which is the day before, and you do more of a walkthrough and you play. And, and the game and the, what you do in those other days is film and give them uh, weight room time and, and, and fitness time. And, but I really do not want them uh, engulfed in a, in a, in a uh, game plan because I feel like sometimes they get a little bit bored if you give them too much too soon. So been very consistent on uh, the schedule I try to give the guys, and I think they've responded well. Yeah, you know, I've heard it from a lot of fans. They would rather see, a, a, you know, two bye weeks, not not three bye weeks. I, I know player safety, you know, comes in comes into it uh, from that perspective as well. Um, is this something you think the league should look at uh, down the road, or, or do you think it's going to stay at three, even when, because we're in a nine-team league? Yeah. I'm comfortable. If, if the year moves up a bit, which kind of sounds like people want, I'm fine with one bye week. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I really feel like football season's football season, and out of sight, out of mind sometimes. I mean, yeah, it's hard and it's great for family. For me, I get a chance to, like my kids, I'll be at their games this week and um, got a chance. I've got a couple things that I, I couldn't normally do, so it is great. And the weather, um, I get better take advantage of it the next few days because I hear the snow is coming on Thursday. <laughs> but um, it does definitely give you time to catch your breath, and, and I feel a little bit more recharged. Is it really good for fans? Oh, I don't think so. I'd rather... The football just keep going, and and for us, uh, you know, like I said, if you're gonna uh, you're gonna try to move the year up, which I'm not in favor of, because I do feel like uh, you got a lot of problems with that. But if they do and they keep with the bye weeks, uh, it still would be a pretty long season, and uh, we'll see what they do. We take it like Jack, honestly, whatever they give us, we'll take. But I'm fine with last by weeks and, and keeping the year right where it is. I'm going to follow this up with a question from one of our listeners. Garrett just asked, he said, uh, you know, does Dave Dickinson get to enjoy the bye week? Does he get away from football for a bit? And, and what kind of things interest you outside of football, Coach? So there's a question from one of our listeners. Yeah. Tonight. I took uh, yesterday and today off. I'm going back in the morning. Noah Huff and I are going to get together and uh, we're going to try to get a plan. We're going to expand in our practice roster, so we're trying to figure out the five guys we want to bring in there. Um, also, with obviously potentially an injury news and all that, we got to figure out: Are there any guys uh, that we feel we have extra money uh, because of our injury situation that we could entice to come give us a boost for this final stretch? So I'll be back in tomorrow, but it's not a stressful day. It's just uh, you know, almost it's like playing fantasy football. Do we want him? How much would it cost? <laughs> Who's going to call him? <laughs> Who's got an in with the guy? Can we? Can we get him on our side? That sort of stuff. I, you know, I, I like to golf. I've only been out a couple, three times this year. But I went out yesterday with my son at Valley Ridge and uh, and had a ball. Like just him and I just played nine holes, and we haven't done that all year. And um, you picked I a good like, day. You picked a good day for that. That was gorgeous yesterday. It was, and that, you know, I, I guess maybe all the courses in the city are in great shape. I just haven't got out, but were, I just thought it was in great shape and. The boys down at Willow Park there, Ken Bowie, he's like 90-some years old, still plays 
softball. He always allows us to come out for the odd round. So that's my number one passion. But okay. I like watching like a Sunday. A quiet Sunday is a great day for me because I love watching the NFL games, getting on my computer with some fantasy football, and also just not feeling like there's any traffic, just enjoying that heat. Um, so it, it, to me, it's more about catching your breath. No way am I going on vacay, though, because uh, there's just too much going on and feel like this is the time of year we should be working trying to win this thing. Save the vacay for the offseason. Coach, appreciate that. Let's take a quick time out. And let's get right to the text line for head coach Dave Dickinson. This question is from Ryan, and Ryan says, what is your day-to-day interaction like with John Huffnagel? Do you talk on a daily basis, and is he involved or still involved in game day strategy with you? Yeah, we talk on a daily basis. Uh, he... Uh, he likes to actually go work out real early in Cochrane. So he usually comes to work all around, I don't know. He's been up for an hour and a half, but he gets in around 6, 6.30. Uh, we have our little morning routine. We catch up on anything we need to. Um, he does his general manager duties, president's duties uh, during the mornings. But then after practice is when we get together, and we'll just watch practice together, talk about it, and then... Um, he's really good on protections, short yardage stuff. Him and Pat Delmonico take the lead on that and present it to myself, who then I can decide, you know, whether I want to use it or not. Uh, and then obviously he he has uh, thoughts going into every game. He pre-scouts for us. He watches four, five, six games. Um, just gives me notes, and I can use them or not. But like I said, I'm a smart. I've got to be smarter than that. I'm going to use this stuff because he's had a lot of success. So he's a great help. Um, Probably a little bit unheralded. Doesn't probably get as much, uh, I think, credit as he deserves. So it's nice having him on our side. Yeah, great resource to have without a doubt. Okay, this one is from Kevin. And Kevin says, hey, coach, we seem to be flirting with disaster lately on some of those middle screens and over under drag routes. Uh, the texter says, I saw Cozart and Braverman working over to perfection in preseason. Is it just on Bo or both quarterback and receiver to clean this up? Well, I mean, I'll take the heat on the one in the goal line area. We ran a middle screen. We don't run those more than once every three or four games, to be honest with you. They're kind of a trick them, trying to see if we can uh, get them up, up the field, and then we slip a guy in behind, which... Honestly, it's a nice changeup with the with the with the rush, and we've had great luck through the years. But they ran a twist, fell right into it. Uh, Bo didn't see him, so that one to me is as much, you know, a call I would like to have back. As far as the over unders, that's on the quarterback, 100. percent The quarterback has to see the free player, and if the free player drops deep, he takes the under. If the free player uh, takes the underneath route, then you look for the window behind them and. Uh, we've, we haven't been too bad, I don't think, when he says flirting with disaster. We've had a few where the safety comes down, and that's where we need to have the speed to, from somebody to go over the top of him. Uh, but how long can you protect? So everything's kind of give and take, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I, we run, it's not like we're running plays that other people aren't running as well. We might have our own little spin or our own little flavor. But, uh, yeah, we're still looking to uh, keep – interceptions down and have as as much success moving the field as we can. Kelvin wants to know uh, your thoughts on Aaron Peck's game, and he says, uh, how close is KJ to coming back, Kamar Jordan? Well, I thought Aaron uh, held his own. I Obviously, lots to improve on, lots of things I'd like to clean up, but 
Uh, pretty sharp for his first game uh, ever. Did a nice job catching the ball. Did a good job in blocking and yards after the catch. Um, so I liked what I saw. Um, a guy we thought would be a football player and and uh, did a pretty darn good job for his first game. And KJ, you know, I'm thinking, you know, October's a big month for him, obviously. If he can't you know, get out on the field pretty soon by middle of the month, then I don't think he'll see him all year. So that's, for me, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. But, you know, we were hoping certain things happen and this and that. He's working extremely hard. It's just a super severe injury and just hasn't been able to turn that last corner, and we're not putting him out there until he does. So would we love to have him? Of course. I'd just love to see him out there practicing because he is special, and his energy and his talent is just always fun to watch, but it's just not quite there yet. Okay. Uh, this one from Darcy, and Darcy says, I thought the D-line stepped up in a huge way on Friday. Did you set up a different scheme, or were players just winning one-on-one battles? I think some of the things that goes unnoticed as we were up 14 nothing. I think it's always easier to play D-line when that happens because you know you've now forced them to become one-dimensional. But they did a nice job. I thought, like I said, I thought our interior push was the major thing. I think we've been bending the edge decent, uh, but I think our interior push was, was the best we've had all year. And part of it's just confidence, believing that you're going to beat that man across from me. It really wasn't a different scheme. We only rushed four majority of the game and when when you only have to rush four and you can get pressure and you can have eight guys dropping in zones or man that makes it very difficult on the other team and that's why we had so much success last year is we were always able to get pressure before and we could drop eight and earlier this year that wasn't the case and this question from tammy and tammy asked the question uh, what was your message to the guys heading into the bye week well i mess i wanted them to be safe and i wanted them to know that it was a they're doing the right things, and I really do feel like we're climbing the mountain right now. We're getting better. We're doing a lot of good things, but we're not there yet. We're not a championship. Um, we weren't tight enough, our details, and I just didn't feel like our level of play is at a championship level. We need to improve that. We need to keep working. And, yes, you're going on a bye week, but by no means should you not be thinking football and trying to get yourself that little bit better. Do something extra. Find somewhere where you can improve, and that's that's the message. Just don't go shut football off and, and show up in a week and decide that we're going to win our next game because that just doesn't happen. So, yeah, I told him to certainly, you know, recharge, but let's not forget we're right at the stretch run of this thing and, and make sure that they're 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 all in and we're, we're getting better, and hopefully we can uh, – Take a shot at winning back-to-back. And one final question, this one more for me. It's it's a 12-noon start in Montreal. Um, th- that You know, you've, you've played afternoon games, I get it, but nothing this early before, Dave. How does that change your prep? Honestly, I didn't even notice it yet. Um, okay. Surprised us that early. That yeah. would be at 10 o'clock, uh, 10 a.m. here. Well, it, it, well yeah, it, it's it's actually uh, it's a 2 o'clock. Sorry, it's a 2 o'clock start here. That means it's... Uh, Four. Oh, that's my bad. My bad. Okay, I thought it was... Uh, there, you yeah. made me really think, what the hell am I doing? I should know better. Yeah, but exactly. My, we've my... struggled out there for the last five years or more. We haven't been able... We've, we've tried going out early. We've tried changing where we stay. We've tried lots of things. It's time for us to go out there and play a good game, and we know it's going to be a tough opponent, so hopefully it's just a mindset thing. We do know it's an important game. we got to go out there and, 
do better than we've done in the past because we've certainly been the worst place we've played in the last five years. Good stuff. Hey, I appreciate your time as always, Coach. Thanks so much. Okay, take care. Bye. Sorry to throw you for a loop there at the end. <laughs> My bad, not knowing the time differences. Yeah, a 2 o'clock start, Calgary time. 12.30 is the pregame show. We're going to come back with Moses Will Do from Global Sports. This is Sports Talk with Jock. It's partly cloudy and 16 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good evening from Global News. It's 7.30. I'm Haley Jarmain. A 60-year-old Calgary day home operator has been granted full parole after serving more than a year in prison for the death of an 18-month-old toddler. Elmarie Simons was sentenced to three and a half years in prison last May for criminal negligence causing the 2015 death of Kira McGrath, who was in her care at the time. According to the parole board, Simons was granted full parole with conditions on September 6th. The Calgary Board of Education is about to start out on a massive public engagement process. The board is looking for input on what to do about over- and underutilized high schools in Calgary. The CBE says it will be looking at different solutions, including school boundaries and program changes. Clearing late tonight and a low of 9 tomorrow. Generally sunny with some afternoon clouds, maybe some showers with those clouds and a high of 17. It's 16 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 8 o'clock. I'm Haley Jarmain.